Welcome to Ahead in the Cloud, where business leaders share what they've learned on their cloud journey. I'm Chad Watt, Emphasis Knowledge Institute researcher and writer, here today with Mats Andersen, the Chief Marketing Officer for Leftall Mine Center. Leftall is a Norwegian data center housed in a former underground mine that offers very secure and very green compute and cloud services. We're going underground in this edition of Ahead in the Cloud. Welcome, Mats. Thank you so much, Chad. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. I understand you came on very early in this process to convert a dormant asset from an extractive industry into an actively green tech service offering. What Mats led you to join Leftall? There was multiple things. At that time, I understood that we have a digital future. The data center industry is going to grow. The people that invented this idea, they were a local team that was innovators, kind of full of uh, innovation and forward-looking. And uh, creating a global product in a small place in Norway was really interesting as well. It was just something about this project that was a local product, but global market, which I liked. And kind of different compared to other data centers as well. It's unique. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of good things about that. But maybe most important was that it's building a lot of jobs locally in the region where we're actually building this data center. Let me follow up on that local market global product idea. Were there some kind of unique aspects about this mine or this location that made it suitable for this sort of project? I think you mentioned you had a concept to do this. And then specifically, this location had some unique attributes that made it the one to go with. First of all, the guys who did the mining, they did it in a very logistical way so we could reuse the entire mine in a good way without doing too many amendments. Then it's located next to a fjord where you have cold water for cooling. There is multiple power stations and power generation hydropower around the facility. And a network is just in the road outside this mine as well. So it was really a, a lot of good things at the same time. There was a big pre-project at the start where we investigated then the technical aspects of this. Of course, can we do it? Also the market and the revenue forecast on could we get customers? And after about a year and 60 people working on this pre-project, the results were quite enlightening. They were all pointing in the right direction. Yeah, let's build, let's get financiers, and and let's get the customers. So you had about a year pre-project to figure this out. Then you go give it a green light. Tell me about the process since that let's go ahead. How long has that been? And what's the very brief kind of overview that has gotten us to spring of 2023? We did spend some time after that initial pre-project building a few other facilities and doing other projects. But in 2015, we decided now it's time to build Left Online Data Center. And this has never been done before at that time. And we knew that we needed to put a price tag on this. So a detailed design needed to take place. And we did that. We spent a year, year and a half on that. And with that in place, we also uh, started looking at financing and the cost of financing and then having a customer price at the end of the day. So the cards pretty much fell into place together with the customer signing and getting this financed. So in uh, 2015, we started building this facility and it was an opening in in the middle of 2017. Then later we moved in the first large customers in the early 2018. That's when we kind of went live with the project and with the data center itself. So Leftall has been years in the making. Give me an idea of what was expected of a data center when you started down this road and what you're hearing from clients now. What do they want in a data center now compared with a decade ago? 
when this project started, that was about when cloud came and, you know, purpose-built data centers globally. That when people started to move their data centers to co-locations. So, so that was a move in itself at that time. Our first initial design was five kilowatt per rack and, you know, the standard procedure at that time. Now we see that, you know, our next data hole is going to be 130 kilowatt per rack. The importance of security around this, the importance of the future proof of a data center being that it's sustainable, it's secure, it's flexible for customer needs, it's high competency in the operations around data centers. We saw a lot of customers looking for data centers at the time. Now, many of them are moving into the cloud, but you also now see, which is again creating a new condition for us, is that Customers and the customers are moving away from wanting to own or operate their own data centers. That has actually led to hardware providers now going into an infrastructure as a service model where they actually lease data centers, implement their hardware, and do that on the lease model to, to end clients. So this is an evolving change over time, but fantastic journey. And believe me, it's not stopping there. It's going to continue. That's a very true point. You mentioned the changes in specifications, the different demands from clients. How does Leftall Data Mind Center adjust or remain flexible to those different demands and different specifications? We are very lucky in the in our facility with the logistics. We have enormous amount of space, both in width and height. We can always adapt to different housing solutions and volumes and scales. Now, also with the cooling, we are using water, as I said earlier, which is a very flexible cooling solution that allows us to bring high densities to, of course, low. And any standard cooling solutions to now the later where we see the direct liquid cooling and other sorts also makes us a lot more efficient in transforming this waste heat into a different purpose, which is good. So we have a very good way of doing that. We also have a flexible or how should I say, modular design, meaning that we always build out what's needed when it's needed, all the way down to the different customer deployments. This allows us to build what they need to the exact point, being cost-efficient and also then sustainable, but also that when we continue to scale and build for them, we adapt to the technology that is required along the way. Talk to me about the modularity and flexible design you have in place. Can you give us an example? Sure. We have backbone of infrastructures. So we have backbone of cooling and we have a backbone of power. So the backbone of cooling is basically water being transported throughout the mine. Now the tap-offs of that into the different customer areas we build when the customers go live. And this is the main investment in every single customer deployment. So we can adapt the amount of water needed and also adjust the capital needed and we use the capital when the customers move in. When it comes to the power, we are doing the 400 transformation at every single customer deployment, meaning that we do a 22 kilovolt all the way to the customer area, which is low transmission. But it also allows us to specifically build out what the customer needs of amount of power, when they need it, but also their own, for example, UPS configuration, which is not more than needed, so over-engineering, but not less either. That's terrific. Let me come back to something you mentioned about the waste heat. What do you do with the waste heat that's generated by all these computers in the cycles? So basically a data center like ours, we could spend like $150 million a year in power. And we use that power to heat water. That's what we do. So we have heated water, which has enormous value in itself. So we have looked into how can we use this heated water? And there has been many good ideas on that. But for us doing this to a salmon hatchery, 
meaning that we transport this water where they can uplift the temperature for the hatchery to a certain degree so that they can increase the speed of the growth of the fish means that we could reuse 20% of the power in our facility at the hatchery. So when we do a 60 megawatt production, they don't have to spend 12 megawatt at the hatchery. This means that we actually become a carbon negative operation as a data center, being able to reuse the power twice at 20% level. Very interesting. Very smart there. So I have been kind of generally stipulating that Leftall is a green data center based on the efforts and things you're describing, such as the reuse of the water. Give me some measurements. How do you prove that this is green? There are so many things there, Chad, but let me start by power. So we simply use renewable power, 100%. There is no certificates of origin, nothing else. This is also one of the lowest carbon emissions on actual consumed power is in our area in Norway in the world. We're on the top list. So it's a really green power. What are the flavors of renewable that you have available to you? And how has that come about in this region? So we are mainly doing hydropower in our uh, vicinity. We have about 500 megawatt of hydropower, which is sort of last mile but also windmill uh, parks and additional windmill parks coming now. In addition to that, we have the national grid going outside our facility, which is also mainly the windmills and hydropower from north of our location. But for us, renewable power is one part of sustainability. The other part is that we have short traveled power. Now, if you transport power on the grid from A to B, you lose power in the grid. So transmission loss at the minimum is important, and that we have. And you also need to use little power, meaning that many data centers use too much power or cooling. We use very little. Power usage effectiveness, PUE. We have one of the leading PUEs in the world. So meaning that we use renewable power, we use little of it, and it's short transported. That's the power bit. In addition, we reuse a mine, so that's circular economy. We are taking what used to be a mine and transform that into a data center. That means we use less materials also building the data center because the raw building is already there. It means that there is low visual impact for all the neighbors and the surroundings. You can barely see it. We have no water usage. That's important in this uh, measurement. Of course, all the certifications and green code of conducts. And um, we, as you said earlier, we are going to reuse the waste heat into a salmon hatchery. And all in all, there are many other things, Chad, I don't want to go too detailed, but all in all, there is really no one that can compete with the full picture here. Let's go back to kind of the development side. Two questions about how you got here and how you sustain this. What was the biggest barrier? What was the biggest problem you had to solve or the biggest riddle or challenge in front of you in getting this from concept to operation? Was it the power? Was it the water cycling? The biggest challenge we had was to the cooling solution. We're going to transport a vast amount of water from outside a water fjord into our facility. Now that is going to then meet in the heat exchangers and the closed freshwater circuit transporting cold water in and heated water out. Now this is fairly high engineering, it was very well done, but that was the biggest challenge. Everything else is just building a normal data center in theory, also in practice mainly. And I think about the nature of cloud is something that needs to be able to quickly scale up and scale down. You're working with renewable energies. How do you make that available at the instant? Uh, how do you make sure your power can scale up to the capacity that one might need at one instant and then back to just in time exactly what you need? I mean, thinking about you need to be constantly always on, reliable, but also scalable, high and low, high and low. How do you do that in this context? 
first of all, we need to be ready for height, right? So we need to have infrastructure for the height, the peaks. What's good about our facilities, as I said to you earlier, is that we build modularly. So we add infrastructure only when we need it, but then we add it so that we can do the peaks, of course. We're also located in there with the surplus power production, meaning that they cannot really transport all the power out. Consuming power is good for having data centers in locations where you have a surplus power production is good, in general good, in, in all ways. We have philosophy that we are building a data center where our clients reserve the peak power. And if they use less, some data centers, they overlease power to their customers, meaning that you always take a chance on that not everyone is peaking at the same time. We don't do that. We reserve power for our customers, and that is how it works. And um, hopefully, if a customer decides to not use that much power going forward, we will have another customer moving in and wanting to take over what he didn't want to use anymore. Let's talk a little bit about security now. What is it about Leftall that makes it more secure than a typical data center? First of all, we're really deep inside a mountain. We're 700 meters inside the mountain with a spiral going in, so it's not a straight road. So that leaves you with one entrance. There is also an escape entrance, but that leaves you with a heavily guarded entrance. We have three gates to get into our underground city of data centers. Each gate is guarded and is 24-7, and you have all the possible physical assessments on the outside. Now, that's one thing. The other part is that you're inside a mountain, you have a natural EMP protection. And EMP can come from either solar storms or from a war scenario where you have EMP bobs where you fry entire data centers, basically. So that's a natural protection. And we also work with the Norwegian government. The first thing we did when we decided to build a data center, a future-proof data center, was that we wanted to build one of the most secure data centers in the Nordics, meaning we built it for the Norwegian public sector, defense, international companies with a high demand of security, meaning that we have a dialogue day one with the security authorities in Norway, where we together decide how the operational processes should be like, what do we do in the different processes to getting to a data center. We didn't leave any drawings with the municipality or any of the counties when we search or look for permissions. We always did it by the book. We check people that are visiting our data center with the Norwegian security police. We do a lot of things that I don't want to go into, but we really are looking at creating one of the most secure data centers in, in the world, basically. The data center still needs power, still needs connectivity. Do you need to have easy access as far as traveling in to see your own little server rack? Of course, you will always have customers and people working for customers that are what we call server huggers. You still have them. They're becoming less. Server huggers. <laughs> yes. They're becoming less. They're becoming less. You know, people are going to the cloud as, and you have hardware providers making infrastructure as a service. You have companies moving up the stack, meaning they have less people actually working with the servers. So that's one thing, but they will always be there. So we're not for everyone, obviously, but from before where you had a junction of power and network, you built a data center. Now there are so many added layers to where you want to put those. And we have customers in the Nordics, also from abroad, requiring having that as a checkoff. We need to reuse our waste heat. Otherwise, they're not going to come to us independent of price or anything else. They're going to have a certain amount of security around this, which is two different layers. There is a future proofing of the sustainability perspective where you need to prove on certain aspects. Those are all new layers coming into the, where do I place my data center? The Norwegian government is going really far now in implementing a set of guidelines, certification and demands on who's to operate, where and why. 
Is it sustainable? Is it secure? Can we protect our own country with these data centers or not? Who owns them? There's so many things going on that is bringing this fairly new industry into a more regulated, sustainable, secure, future-proof solution. Bringing green into your technology is of growing importance to all enterprises. Is there a possibility that there could be a Leftall 2.0 somewhere someday? Yeah, I hope so. And uh, I believe so. We were actually contacted by different projects around the world from Hong Kong, Israel, Turkey, Mexico, different organizations, public sectors that wants to build data centers either in mountain holes or in the ground, either due to lack of space or because of security. Now, we're not going to find the perfect fit like Leftal, I think, in a long while with both the fjord, the nearby power production and also the logistics that we have. But it's a perfect storm, so to say. But I think that we will see lots of projects like this going forward, especially with the situation we have in the world now where we have wars coming up all of a sudden. We have interest, conflict, international. We need to secure our data centers. We see in Ukraine now that the first thing they do is try to take out the power grid and the transformers. Now, the last transformers that we built, we built inside the mountain. We had the two 30 megawatts transformers last week, and we took extra capital costs to build them deep inside the mountain rather than having them outside on the ground. Thank you, Mats, for your time and your insights today. Thank you, Chad, for having me, and uh, it was a great pleasure. Thank you so much. This podcast is part of our collaboration with MIT Tech Review in partnership with Emphasis Cobalt. Visit our content hub at technologyreview.com to learn more about how businesses across the globe are moving from cloud chaos to cloud clarity. Be sure to follow Ahead in the Cloud wherever you get your podcasts. You can find more details in our show notes and transcripts at emphasis.com slash IKI in our podcast section. Thanks to our producers, Catherine Burdett, Christine Calhoun, and Yulia Dabari. Dope Bigley is our audio technician, and I am Chad Watt with the Emphasis Knowledge Institute signing off. Until next time, keep learning and keep sharing.